Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the jazz queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. With the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the jazz queen. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. It is Sunday, August 16th, 2020. Um, if you would like to join us, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com and click on the Listen Live banner on Judah's picture, and that will bring you into the show. You can um, join the chat room along with Josh in, in Germany. Hey, Josh, and good to see you as always. Um, the phone number here is 646-716. Five four eight five six four six seven one six five four eight five. We welcome your phone calls and our questions for my guest today, saxophonist Judah Seely. He's a national smooth jazz recording artist, a Billboard charting artist, saxophonist, keyboardist, and producer from Rochester, New York. His new release is called Legacy. This is his third full-length album, and I'm happy to have him back on the show. Welcome, Judah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. So I want to start with the photo shoot for the cover. Tell me about that. So um, I did this photo shoot back in January of this year. I I did a a dual photo shoot. One was for the single off the charts. Um, So the cover for that is a little bit different. And then we also did these other shoots, you know, with the with the suit and the chair and all that. And um, I wasn't planning on making that the album cover, but, um, I mean, the photos for, because I didn't have a name for the CD at the time, and I didn't know what it was going to be called. But, um, you know, then once we uh, established what the theme of the CD was going to be, the photos kind of fit, you know, the the shoot, the theme for the shoot fit with what the photo, with what the album was going to be called. Called Legacy, so it's so, oh, okay. This fits really nicely. So, and um, they had that chair, you know, I the chair, and you know, just just because it was there, it was in the in the and the guy who did the photos next, Chris Cardwell, he's from uh, my hometown, Rochester, New York. Great photographer, always. Uh, he does all a lot of my um my last CD, Welcome Home. He did the uh, photo shoot for actually no, he did my last single. Um, he did my photo shoot for that, and um, the chair was there. I sat in the chair. He took some out of the chair, and then. We decided to make that the, the cover. So, yeah. I love the suit. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> that Thank you. suit is so nice. And I saw a picture of it on your um, Facebook page where you're standing up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that mm-hmm. suit is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I love a man Thank that's you. not afraid to wear color, you know. <laughs> yeah. Thank really you. nice. Now, was this? Did you get the suit specifically for this shoot, or have you owned it already? Yeah, no, I I know I I got that suit um, for the photo shoot. Um, Mm. Yeah, I I don't. I used to wear suits more often, but um, you know, because of my uh, job as a music director at church. But because you know, being a music director at church, you have to do a lot and you have to play a lot. So it got to the point where wearing suits were kind of uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. I only wore the, you know, for like special occasions and photo shoots. And uh, I bought that uh, suit specifically for that photo shoot. So. Oh, great choice. Great choice. It's beautiful. 
Yeah, it's Thank beautiful. You. And then talk about the two saxophones that you're holding. Oh, okay. Well, the, um, the black one is my tenor. That's my main saxophone. That's the saxophone I've been playing um, for the last uh, eight years. Um, that is a, a Calworth a Shadow. That's the name of the model. A Shadow uh, saxophone is a Calworth is the name of the brand. And um, and it's, a, it's my main horn. That's the one I've been playing. And I, uh, I went with that horn because at the time, uh, Kirk Whalum, who's my fa- all-time favorite saxophone player, he plays Calworth horns, and so um, and I liked the color, I liked the black design of it, um, so that's why I went with um, the Calworth Shadow. Even though there are other types of Calworth uh, saxophones, um, I, I wanted that one because of the color, because it was black, and, and you know, black is like my favorite color, so I went with that. Had I known more about saxophones, I would have probably went with a different model because they sound. The black horns sound different than the um, than the other horns that uh, have a different uh, color and finish. But that's mm-hmm. the one that I've been playing. And then the um, the golden, uh, well, it's not really gold, but the uh, uh, brass kind of tarnished, uh, unlacquered one that I have. Um, it's like a gold color. That one is um, my alto saxophone. That's a Cannonball. That's the name of the brand. Cannonball Big Bell Stone Series. And the finish on that, sometimes you see those in different colors as well. And that's the unlacquered version that gives it that kind mm-hmm. of vintage, kind of not complete look. Even though it's not, it looks, gives it like that old kind of look, but it's not an old horn. Um, and that horn actually belonged to um, someone very important to me, my uh, former pastor who uh, passed away in 2016. His name was Bishop Gregory Paris. He was a saxophone player too. Big influence on my life, um, very great presence in my life. And after he passed away, his uh, his wife um, Myra, she gave me his saxophone, and she thought that yeah, he would want me to have it. So that's and it's one of my treasured horns. So those are the two horns that I have. Okay, all right, very nice. Well, congratulations on that that photo cover. It's really nice. I, I really like that a lot. And so let's get into <laughs> legacy and tell me about the CD. Well, Legacy uh, started, so after Welcome Home, um, after Welcome Home, I went on a, a hiatus from making music, um, not because I wanted to, but because I needed to, uh, I didn't want to just jump right back in. Um, I, I wanted to give myself like six months of not making anything so that I can, uh, you know, take, you know, I, I, well, yeah, after, after, after it came out, I just wanted to say, let me, let me take a break and weigh a little bit, and then during that period was when I found out about radio promotion and things like that, so that's when uh, the following year, in 2019, um, I got with uh, Dave Kuhner, which is a future group promotion, he's my radio promoter, and he promoted um, Turning Up, which was one of the things, one of the songs from Welcome Home the following year, in 2019, and so during that hiatus from making music, I was focusing on promoting that single. And once Turn It Up, Turn It Up got went national and got picked up by Sirius XM Watercolors. Um, it only cracked the Billboard chart for one week. It was at the bottom, like at the new and active chart. So that's like number thirty-six or something like that. And um, so, and to me, that was like the biggest thing ever for me because that's as far as I'd ever gotten into that world. So after that happened, I had a new desire to make new music that was, uh, you know, that could 
hopefully be as successful as that song was. And even though I love that project, I love all of Welcome Home, and I love Turn It Up, but I had a new desire and focus to make music that would be, that was accessible to smooth jazz fans, mm-hmm. but also um, was uh, who I was as an artist. But sometimes okay. you can go one direction where you're focused on making music that's, that's just uh, accessible, but you lose your identity. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. So I had to find mm-hmm. that balance. So I did a lot of studying. I did a lot of uh, listening to a lot of the producers, listening to a lot of the songs. And by the way, Turn It Up opened up so many doors for me, connected me with so many great people, um, you know, through social media, things like that. People that I idolized and still idolize, you know, are people that I now contact on my phone, which is so surreal to me, you know. So, um, you know, so, but anyway, so I, I started studying these guys and listening to how they make music. And then in about uh, halfway through two, 2019, I started making music again. So I said, okay, let me, let me fine tune my approach. Let me write these songs and then focus on the new, this new way of creating music. Well, not really new, but just more polished and more um, refined, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so as I was making this music, and I was uh, I was noticing people were noticing that my my uh, production and my playing and my songwriting was getting better, and uh, which was great that my growth was being noticed by so many people, and um, so I started putting these songs together, and then I was I was putting these songs together around that time, um, my daughter was born, uh, and my daughter was born in. Uh, Last year in May of uh, May twenty second of two thousand nineteen, and uh, that was shortly after my single came out. So she kind of informed a lot of what I was doing at the time, you know, because I I had to think more mature. Like now I'm a father, you know, and uh, so that kind of factored into how I made my music. And then as once the CD was um once I had a good collection of songs, you know, I just kept thinking about these are the songs that I'm going to be hopefully remembered by, you know, um, if I ever decide to stop music, to stop making music. And um, so that's how the name Legacy kind of came around. And plus, you know, the album is really dedicated to my daughter. That's just the beginning of my Legacy, which I wrote in the, um, in the special things. So that's how Legacy came, came about. It was a couple years in the making and, you know, some focused songwriting and then also my daughter. So that's, that's what legacy is about. I hope that made sense. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hello?
All right, that was the title track from Judah Seeley's brand new release, A Legacy. Um, I'm back. I had a little bitch there, but I'm back. So, <laughs> so good. All right, so that was a nice track. You can hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, good, good. So, yeah, that was a nice track there, the title track, Legacy. And um, this is a really nice CD. Um, I, last time I had talked to you was a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed that CD as well and added you to my top ten um, for that. Thank so you. nice job. Yeah, nice job, nice job. So when did jazz music first matter for you as a listener and as an inspired player, inspiring player? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably shortly after I graduated from college. Um, I graduated from college in uh, 2007 with a BA in music, and I've known how to play saxophone for for a long time, for half my life, but I never took it seriously. I, I uh, well, I won't say never, for a long time, like during high school and in college. You know, even though after, even though my uh, my jazz professor is he was always drilling into me a lot of things that I should know and things that I should practice, and I did. But I never said, you know, I'm going to make this my life. You know, it was just something yeah. I knew how to do. But um, mm-hmm. after I graduated college, you know, I didn't have, you know, a plan of what I was going to do. I eventually did uh, become a teacher, and, you know, I've been teaching for the last 11 years. But, um, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do about music. But then um, I got a call from a guy in um, in uh, Rochester. His name is Carlton Wilcox, um, and he's a, a musician in the city, a guy I've always looked up to, and he was putting together this band, and he wanted to know if I could play saxophone in the band. Now, I had only been, play- I had been playing here and there, but not, like, on a on the musician scene, so to speak. You mm-hmm. know, I'd only been mm-hmm. playing, you know, like at church or at different functions, but not on the scene is what they call it. So um, that was my first time really being exposed to the peer circle of musicians in my city, and I enjoyed it. I I played and I did the show with him, and I enjoyed it. I said, I really, really like doing this. I could see myself doing this. You know, it was some. I really enjoyed it. Like this is something that I felt like I was missing, and so so probably around 2008, 2009, I really said, now I've always been making music on my own. It's like a hobby. I've been playing music on my own. But then around, like, 2008, 2009, I said, you know, maybe I should focus solely, not solely, but maybe I should take this more seriously. And so then I started listening to, you know, like, Kirk Whalum. That's when I really discovered who he was because I didn't know who he was at the time. I heard him because everybody's heard, you know, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, the sax solo, the, the most famous sax solo in the world. And that was him. And I didn't know that until I actually did the research. And then I started following him, started following Gerald Albright, uh, Boney James, you know, listening to these guys with intent to study what they do because that's what I wanted to do. So uh, around around 2008, 2009 is when I really started to focus on developing my sound, uh, listening to what's out there as far as, you know, smooth jazz saxophone and, um, you know, the rest is history. So, yeah. So now, has the saxophone always been your instrument of choice? Uh, uh, let me say that, no. <laughs> um, the piano was my instrument of choice. That was something that I, uh, that's what I learned how to play. But I took piano more seriously because with piano, you know, I can, I can play songs that I know. 
but also I can mm-hmm. play with other people or, you know, make my own songs, so to speak. So I do that more. And then uh, I just I was learning to play saxophone in school, but I thought, you know, well, I'm never going to be good as these other guys, so let me not take it seriously. Because if you're going to be good at saxophone or if you're going to be a saxophonist, you have to be really, really good. This is what I told myself when I was, you know, high school. Like, if you're going to be a saxophonist, you have to be really, really good, quote, unquote. And I was surrounded by all these other people that were so much better. And I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to take it seriously. I'm going to just do whatever with saxophone. And then um, so piano was my first choice. But I, but then, you know, saxophone became my primary instrument, even though I do them both pretty equally and frequently. But uh, saxophone became, slowly became my primary instrument. I consider myself a saxophonist first before I consider myself a, a pianist. So. so when you were in high school, or when you mm-hmm. started playing the saxophone, was that mm-hmm. like the only instrument available to you in school? Or oh that, no, was no, you? there were okay. there were others. No, there were there, okay. there were other instruments available to me. I think probably I had an affinity for it because my uncle, um, he's the one that started me on saxophone. When I said, you know, because my first, you know, in high school or in elementary mm-hmm. school, everybody plays the recorder, you know, which is like a flute, like and um, you know, like that they you they would give you like you know when you're in third grade. And I got mine when I went into went in sixth grade, and I loved the, the recorder because it's like, oh, I can make music on this little, you know, flute. But um, and I wanted to just stick with that. But then my music teacher said, no, you need to, you know, graduate to something else. And then I found out that saxophone has the same uh, uh, fingering is what they call it. So the way that you play the recorder, if you can play the recorder, you can play the saxophone pretty much. So I kind of switched to that even though I was kind of hesitant, but my uncle, he trained me um, when I first started. And uh, so even though there were other instruments there, because it was an art school, so you could choose your art, so to speak, um, and that's what I ended up choosing was the saxophone because of those circumstances. So when did you get into writing? Uh, Right. So as far as I was always playing piano and making so my idea of a song when I was in middle school was I would create this chord progression with a beat, and then I would just play whatever on saxophone over it, and that was my idea of the song. <laughs> you know, okay. it not really. <laughs> it sounds so. <laughs> I, I I didn't know anything back then, but so I yeah. I started so I started producing before I was actually writing melodies and songs. Like I didn't know how to structure on melody. I just knew how to structure a chord progression with the beat on it. And um, so that was my idea of song. And then as I grew, it wasn't until um, probably 2013, 2014 that I started to, um, I mean, I've been doing it consistently behind the scenes, you know, practicing writing songs and melodies. And when I was studying smooth jazz, I'm like, you can't just go on a track and just play whatever you want and call it a song, you know, that's, that's not, mm-hmm. you know, as you grow, you learn, it's also okay, so you have to structure yeah. your songs, you know, this part of the song, they have, and, the, and mind you, these are without words, so that we're structuring songs with melodies that don't have words to them, so there does need mm. to be some type of order so that the audience can follow, so, and those are things that I learned over time, so, okay, so this part should have this melody, you know, the chorus or the hook should have this melody, the same way a song with words would have 
It's just you can mm-hmm. translate to the melody on a saxophone or an instrument. And then, um, so I learned these things, and eventually, like, around 2013, 2014, when I released my first single was when I thought that I had it good enough to the point where I could let somebody else hear it. <laughs> and it took a while to get to that point. Okay. All right. Let me welcome to the chat room, Ollie J. Hey, Ollie. And Miss Carol Bowe. Hey, Carol. I haven't seen you in the chat room in a while. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I'm talking to saxophonist Judah Seeley about his new release, Legacy. It is available now. Um, definitely pick that up. I'm going to go right into another song. Um, one of my favorites on here is Vibe With You. Tell me about this. I'm going to play it. Vibe With You. So I... Um song I originally as I was getting better with producing music it was just a uh, track that I was what we call a track like it's just a song that is like an idea but it doesn't have a melody or anything else it's just a track um so I I had that track that I made and then I decided to side and then as I was finalizing the set uh the list of songs for this CD I came back to that song and I said, "Ooh, this this song is you know kind of nice," and I wonder how it would sound if I you know played saxophone on it because originally I was just playing piano on it because I was trying to you know emulate a lot of that um, quiet storm kind of piano sound that uh, you know uh, Brian Culberson is known for, and I um, it was a, another artist that that, that I uh, that I like and um, so I was trying to emulate that and then I said, "Ooh, I wonder how it would sound if I you know put." you know, play saxophone on it, and then I did, mm-hmm. and then after a while, the, the, the song just came out of that, and then you can hear, like, the, the bass in the beginning of the song is kind of the vibration, so to speak, you know, that's where the vibe with you kind of came about, cause it's like, doom, 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 that, like that, that vibration, so it was like a kind of deep, kind of, you know, smooth, you know, R&B love kind of thing, and that's how that song came about, so vibe with you. So you're playing the saxophone and the piano on this one? Yes, yes. Okay. All right. So let's take a listen. This is called Vibe with
love that track. Love that track. That is Vibe With You from Judah Seeley's new release, Legacy. Josh in the chat room said, if I would have to guess who's playing the sax, I would think it's Boney James. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, I, that's, a, that's a great compliment. I love Boney James. I've seen him in concert twice, and, you know, I, I told him I was a saxophonist, and he was like, wow, you know, keep on, blow, keep on blowing is what he said, you know. So I, yeah, I'm a huge yeah. fan, so thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, nice track. So all of these, this, this, uh, what, 12, 11, 12 tracks on this release, you wrote all of these songs? They're all originals? All, well, all 11 of them are originals. The last, the last song on the CD 12 is a cover. Um, okay. That's a cover song. That's, a, that's, a, that's another song. But uh, all of them were produced by me. All of them were written by me except for that last one. Okay. Now, how long did it take you to do this, this record? Um. Uh, I started um, probably last summer, from last summer up until literally like May or June. Um, um, I, I was kind of on a on a very on an inspirational hot streak <laughs> where I was making like a song after song after song um, because I was really driven. I was driven to you know, um, capture the same magic that I captured on the previous record. And, um, you know, with the newfound source of uh, reference with the music that I was hearing that was on the Billboard charts, and I wanted to emulate some of the some of that production style. So I was making song after song after song. And um, so it took literally from probably about a year, maybe uh, maybe a little bit less. Yeah, about a little bit less, yeah. Okay, all right. So now you have shared the stage and are performed with many musicians, you know, in various settings and everything. Can you talk about one or two artists as well as a specific experience that helped define your playing? Uh, I helped define my playing. So the artists, some of the artists that have helped define my playing. Uh, well, the main artist is definitely Kirk Whalen. Every time I have an interview, I always tell people that he's my favorite. He's my favorite artist. And um, so my the first I had been studying him for a while, and uh, along with a, a lot of other guys like Gerald Albright and and Boney James, you know, I've been studying them a while, and I've been going, you know, I've gone to see them in concert. I've seen all of them in concert, Gerald Boney and um, and Kirk. And uh, when I went to go see uh, Kirk Whalem in concert in 2014, um, that was um, that was definitely a life changing moment. Um, I haven't you know shared the stage with him, but I've seen him in concert. Um, I've shared the stage with um, a few uh, a few people. Uh, one of the first uh, opportunities I had to share the stage with an artist was uh, amazing Frankie Beverly. Um, I was listening, mm-hmm. I was the opening. Uh, I was one. I was the opening act. Before I was in the band, that was the opening act that opened up for Frankie Beverly, and I love Frankie Beverly. I mean, I love old school music. They call it old school, but it's just me. It's classic music to me. Um, I love Frankie Beverly. I love Isley Brothers, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder. All I love Luther Vandross. All those people, I love. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, being being in the band that was on the stage with, you know, Frankie Beverly was a uh, was 
what well, wasn't a lifetime opportunity because I love I love that and I and, uh, that was a long time ago that was like maybe ten years ago or so but um and I was playing piano then <laughs> I was playing piano mm. and and I played a little bit of sax at that time too but that was a that was a life changing moment as well and um you know I got to meet other artists you know a gospel artist and Kirk Franklin um I opened up for him and um you know. Hopefully, I get to open up or or share the stage with a lot lot more artists. But those were definitely the ones that uh, were uh, life changing. <laughs> so now, when you think about Kirk um, Whalem, yes, and you listen to his music, and you mm-hmm. you you know you watch a video of him playing, or you've seen him in concert, do you kind of watch how he plays and what he plays, and do you? pick up on some of that and include it in your own playing? Uh, yeah, yes, yes and no. So I, when I listen to him, well, first of all, he's just he's just amazing. So mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I, I don't listen to him just, just to learn. I listen to him because I love to listen to him because the way mm-hmm. he makes me feel when he plays saxophone is how I want people to feel when I play. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's more of absorbing what he's saying through his music and his horn as opposed to necessarily just picking apart the notes. Sometimes I do, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's more of a what is he communicating and how can I – it's like when you listen to someone say something to you, it's not necessarily the words that they're saying, but it's how they're saying it. And yeah. that's how you want to relay that message to someone else if you want to keep the same message intact. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yes. So, yeah. so so that not so it doesn't get lost because you know you can even if I play the same note that someone else plays, it's you know it's going to sound different. So it's not really about imitating; it's about you know conveying a similar feeling. Like because I it moves me when I hear him play, you know, and uh, you know there are a lot of artists that move me. It's not enough. There are some that are like, wow, that's really cool. But then there are some that are like, wow, that really blessed me, you know. And um, I hope that I want to transfer that same feeling that I feel when I hear people like that, when I hear Kirk Whalen to when people are listening to me play. I hope that it blesses you. So it's not just playing. It's the, you know, it's how you translate that message. Because if you play like that, but then you come across like a jerk, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Then, then it, just, it destroys your whole message, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, the way that he interacts with the audience, the type of person that he is, you know, I, I, and, um, you know, I try to interact with the audience and be uh, yeah. uh, vulnerable on stage as well because it's not just I'm this cool guy up there with a saxophone that's playing to you. It's like, no, we're in this together. My role is just to entertain you and hopefully – and your role is to listen and engage, and my role is also to engage with you. So, because I don't want it just to be to go over the heads, you know, I want it to be mm-hmm. like we're all in this together. We just have a different role to play, and my role is just to bless you with this music, and hopefully, you receive that. So that's wow, what I, I like what that. I get yeah, from, from Kirk Whalen and sweet people like that, and that's what I hope to convey to. I like that. I like that. Okay. All right. Uh, what's your favorite track on the uh, CD? Ooh, I, I, I can't. Uh, I, I, it's like it, they all held a special place. 
Um, probably the just from a musical standpoint, uh, Legacy is probably the title track is probably my favorite one just because as soon as it starts, it's it just reminds. I made that song to remind me of the music that I love to listen to. Like so, when you hear that song, you hear like some Gap Band influences. You'll hear some uh, Frankie Beverly influences. You'll hear some Earth, Wind, mm. Fire influences. Like I, I, that was intentional because I wanted okay. it to sound like the music that I love to hear. So that's so like I can listen to that song. You know, because it speaks to me because of the type of music I love to listen to, and I just kind of okay. put that in a smooth jazz setting. So that if I okay. choose one, that would be it. But um, you know, I I love all the other songs for different reasons, but musically, that one that's, that's the one that sticks out. You know, I love the okay. Track, track. Yeah, sorry, I don't want to cut you up. All right. Well, I played Legacy. Um, mm-hmm. so. I'm going to play another favorite track of mine on here, Forever and Always. Tell me about this one. Yeah, that song. I, I, I love that song, too. That was going to be the next one I said. Uh, Forever and Always. Um, it was a, I wanted to get, um, I wanted to make a love song that, you know, without words. And the inspiration that I kind of pulled from was the uh, those classic, you know, R&B songs that have that kind of, that shuffle kind of groove, like, you know, that kind of groove. Because I hadn't done a song that had that kind of feel yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I was making of that song for another artist, but then I decided to keep it for myself because I was a state selfish. <laughs> um, but I, uh, yeah, I know. So I, 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 was, I, I, I had that song in mind for another artist, and I kept it. But I had because I hadn't done a song that sounded like that before, and so I thought this would be a new change of pace for me. And then you know it, it, it's just it, it, it's very reminiscent of that you know this will be and never lasting you know that that kind of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that kind of that that good feeling music you know. And um, so you know that's how that song came about you know the, the chord progression I came up with and then I came up with the you know the melody and then. That's how the song was born. And then I enlisted my partner in crime, Deepak Beitu, who plays guitar on, on, a, on a, a lot of pretty much all of my last record and my first record. And then he played on a bunch of tracks on this one, too. And then I said, let's do this song as a duet. You know, and you, you know you're the featured guy on this one. I said, okay, cool. So, yeah, so that's how the song came about, Forever and Always. All right. Forever and, for, forever and Always. Thank you. 
another nice track, Forever and Always, from saxophonist Judah Seely's brand-new release, Legacy. Ollie said, has a question. He wants to know, is it hard to get the players you want when you start working on a CD? Is it the, 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 uh, I'm sorry, the players that I want? Yes. Is it hard to get the players you want when you start working on a CD? Um, not, well, for me, when I start working on a CD, I I usually come up with a blueprint of what how I want it to sound, and then the guys that I use on um, on my CD are fortunately they're not just only skilled musicians; they're friends, and um, uh-huh. you know, so whenever I send it out, you know, obviously I compensate them for what they do. And um, you know Levi and Derek are um, the the um, played uh, drums on that song, and uh, Derek Bennett played bass, and Deepak uh, who played guitar on that. They are I use them for most of the songs that I that I've recorded, um, with the exception of some songs that I use on different people. But um, they're fortunately they're 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 friends of mine and they're professionals. And they're equipped to do whatever I need them to do. If I send them a track and said I need drums on this, they play on it, send it back, you know, uh, and I pay them. You know, if there's another song I need, you know, um, bass on this, I send it to him, he plays it, and then he sends it back. So fortunately, these are relationships that um, have developed over time um, because they, you know, they're skilled musicians, and and they, fortunately, I, our paths have crossed to the point now that we're, you know, we know each other very well and we're friends. So I can trust them to do whatever. If I send them a track, I know that they're going to do whatever I need them, need them to do because yeah. they're great at what they do. And, uh, and we're, uh, we're also good friends. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Miss uh, Wanda Jazzy lady is on the phone. Hey, Wanda. <laughs> Hi, Terry. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I knew I was going to make him laugh. <laughs> Hi, Miss Wanda. How are you? Hi, Judah. I'm good. I just wanted to, I just, I just wanted you to hear my voice to actually congratulate you. <laughs> I mean, it's Thank okay you. when I type, when I post my post, but for you to hear it, it I know mm-hmm. it means a lot to me for you to hear me say that. It mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. It does. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. You're quite welcome. I'm because you know I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, Wanda, Carol Bow is in the chat room. She says hi. Hi, Carol. <laughs> <My girl. laughs> well, I just wanted to. I, I don't know if you all gonna. If she's gonna play it, but my. My favorite tune on this album is Love Rains Down. Mine too. Mine too. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. It's so, yes. It means so many things. Um, mm. you, can, you know, like on a rough day, you could, I could just play that on repeat mm. and my day is complete. Oh, yes. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. That means a lot. Yes. Yes, that's that's one of my favorites, you know. And then on your first album, I remember "Nighttime." I still play mm-hmm. that as well because that's like that's like my all time right there. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Well, you all have a good day. I just wanted to 
call in, um, make my voice be heard. <laughs> and and I will play that next. I will play Rain. Yes, I'll play it next. Oh, thank you. I, lo- I, I love the tune. And I hope whoever, other people that are listening, those in the chat, those who are just listening, you know, through the audio, I hope they feel the same way I do about it because it gives you that confident feeling that everything mm. is going to be all right. That's mm. awesome. That blesses me to hear you say that. Thank you. But good. Well, you all have a good day, and I'll speak with you later. Thank you, Wanda, for calling in. You're quite welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, so for Miss Wanda and myself, because it is yet another favorite track of mine on this CD, this is Love Rain Down.
That's beautiful. So beautiful. Love Rain Down. That is from Judah Seely's brand new release, Legacy. And Wanda, this is for you. Ollie in the chat room says, great song has always Wanda knows the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she does. (laughs) Uh, Joshin says, absolutely, it should be pouring rather than rain. And Carol says, beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. So now, are you working on your next record? Uh, no, um, no, I'm uh, usually after I release because this this just came out, so um, you know I'm taking I usually take a break as far as yeah. working on music for myself, just so that um so that I have time to you know get some inspiration for what I what I want to do next. I am um, working on producing music um, for other artists, so the music making doesn't stop. As far as, um, but it does for me. I purposely don't make music for myself for a while, so that I don't sound like I'm repeating myself, you know, musically. Um, so okay. I just wait, you know, some months to um, to get some new inspiration. But like I said, I okay. am I am working on music for other artists and things like that because I I do hope to make music that produce music for other artists as well. So that's what I'm working on currently. Okay, so I want to read a review before I let you go. This review is mm-hmm. from the Rochester City Newspaper.com, and they wrote, yeah. Legacy is an expertly, expertly polished collection of easy listening tunes with sultry sax solos, soulful key, keyboard textures, and soft funk grooves in abundance. Yes, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> all of that, yes. Really good, really good. Okay, yeah. so um, uh, let me see if I'm going to ask you anything else before I let you go. Um, are you going to be doing a virtual release party? I uh, well, I, I had a I had a physical release party on on Friday um, at my okay. house. Um, I, I, I probably won't be doing a virtual one, but I I, I did have one on my birthday on uh, on Friday. And it went very well. Um, you know, I had some people come and chill in my backyard, and my band played on my deck, and it was it was it was really nice. We were socially distanced and responsible. Everybody had their masks and their own chairs and stuff, and but it was it was it was it was very nice. And I mean, it was a perfect way to you know end the day uh, for me at least because because people enjoyed it, and I got yeah. good yeah. feedback from it. So when when people enjoy it, that makes me feel good. So, All right, yeah. cool, cool. So yeah. now um, I'm going to close the show with Try. Tell me about this one. Okay, Try. Oh, oh yes. I, I have to shout out my friend uh, Blake Montel, who's a, who's a young uh, young artist in in Rochester. Uh, well, he moved. He lives in Florida now. But um, I wrote that song because you know, as I was saying, I was getting inspiration for this project, and I don't just pull inspiration from my um, smooth jazz contemporaries, I, I pull it from everywhere, whether it's, um, you know, old school R&B or new school R&B, you know, uh, what's, what, the, what the young folks are listening to, so to speak. So um, I wrote that song. I actually wrote that song on guitar. Um, I'm not a fancy guitarist by any, by any means, um, but I, I do enough to make that song. So I, I wrote those chords, and, you know, I played those chords. Now, that's not me on the record. That's another um, guitarist. Um, his name is David Bell, fantastic guitar player. But um, I wrote the song on guitar, 
and I, I, you know, I made the music. I didn't have any words for it. I didn't have anything. And uh, originally it was going to be an instrumental track, but um, I sent it to um, Blake Martel, um, and he uh, came up with these words, and he had unfortunately moved away by the time that I sent him the song. Um, and But he was back in town. It was coming down to the wire when I was going to submit my final tracks for the CD, and he just happened mm-hmm. to be in town that weekend. And then we we eventually uh, got together, and he showed me what he he wrote to the song, and we were in the we were in the studio. We we pre- I mean we did that in a couple hours, and it was uh it was it was great. You know he did his part, and then I you know redid my saxophone parts on it, and um, I'm really really proud of that song, and he loves it too. So uh, and his his followers love it too. So that's something I'm very yeah. proud of. I, I love to collaborate with singers. That's just I just love to do it. And um, you know, I always got to have one or two songs on the that that do that. And so, I'm glad I was able, we were able to make it happen. All right, awesome. Okay, so let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Yep, I am on uh, Instagram uh, as uh, at Judasili. That's my first name and last name. And um, I'm on Facebook, Judasili. Uh, you can check out my Facebook artist page, uh, Judasili Music. You can check out my website at judasealymusic.com. Um, if you'd like to buy hard copies um, for, of my uh, most recent, well, my, any of my CDs, you can check out um, judasealymusic at square.site. So that link is also on my normal website, judasealymusic.com, which is the hub for where everything is. So if you go there, you'll find everything that you need. And, um, yeah, so just feel free to check out my social media, like any of my stats and stuff, yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Judah, for another opportunity to speak with you. I've enjoyed talking to you again. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you. I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So, thank you again. You, you have a great day and stay safe. And um, you too. You know, continue to follow you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. You stay safe. All as right. Well. So that saxophone is Judah Seely. His brand new release is called Legacy, and as we said, you can find that on his website, judahseelymusic.com. Thank you to Ali and Joshin and Carol for hanging out in the chat room. I appreciate appreciate you guys listening. Thank you. My name is Terry, a.k.a. The Jazz Queen. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz, and I look forward to talking smooth jazz with you again next time. Until then, keep it smooth. This is Try, featuring Blake Montel on vocals. Have a great day.
Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen 
on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz. And visit the website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com.